Well, tonight we are in week seven of our series, The Reign of David. Have y'all been enjoying this series so far? Yeah? Yeah, me too. It's been good. Um, well, I'm, I kind of threw a, threw a curveball at you today. I, um, I, I've been talking with a friend of mine for a while and, uh, about this series, and um, he, uh, he was in town this weekend. And he said, man, if you, you know, if you ever need a break, well, he's been in town the past few weekends, but he said, man, if you ever need a break, you know, uh, I'll, I'll preach for you. And I said, ah, yeah, I'm good. You know, I got kind of, kind of a couple weeks we'd had lunch. So, ah, I'm fine. And, and last week he asked me again, and I said, you know what? I work hard, and, and sometimes I need to get poured into, and, and sometimes I need to take a break. And the vision of this house is that we would not be a house built on one man's preaching style that we will be a house that empowers preachers and that would empower the gift. And I thought, you know what? Let's do it. And uh, Paul Broussard, he's a, he's a close friend. We have been through a lot a lot together um, in our life. Um, he, he was the one that gave me my first internship in ministry when I didn't want to be in ministry, wasn't thinking about ministry, but he saw something in me. And I would not be your pastor if he had not saw that in me uh, 13, 14 years ago. Um, one thing I love about him is that when he brings the word, he is not scared to offend because he brings truth and he's not here to pat you on the back. He's here to build you up. So um, he's going to bring the word tonight in this series, The Reign of David. So as he comes up, can we just honor the man of God and just thank him for coming up tonight? <clears throat> thank you, Pastor Kyle. I was back there in the back, and uh, you ever notice things change in us as we get older? Hmm? <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to loosen y'all up a little bit. All right. Uh, I said, Kyle, I said, I used to have a little small Bible because I could see. Now I got this big old thing here because I can't find a pair of glasses that'll work for my eyes. And even if I do, I still can't see it. Amen? So y'all don't make fun of me up here. I'm old school, all right? And y'all find out just how old school I am in about five minutes because we're going to have a good time up in here. sent Pastor Kyle a text today and I really felt the spirit of the Lord strongly on this word um, and I'm going to be obedient I'm going I'm to get in Second Samuel the Lord told me he spoke to my heart and he said I've been here the last week or so which has been amazing because I've been traveling all over amen and I get to do that now. But I've come here the last week. I've come the last the last week. And I told Pastor Kyle, I said, Pastor Kyle, y'all need to really, really take care of what you have here because you guys are carriers of the presence. Did you hear what I said? So I get to travel and speak and meet all kind of wonderful people and watch God perform miracles, signs, and wonders. He is so good. He's such a restoring God. Some of you may know the things that I went through how God has restored me. And one thing about it, in biblical terms, restoration means you always come out better than you were before. 
But in my prayer time this morning, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Relentless Church is pregnant. And I believe there's somebody in this house tonight that's pregnant. I'm going to be bold and say it. Last month I was in Ohio and I was preaching and I felt the same way I feel in this house, the same way. And the Lord just started just flooding my heart and, and, and he was just working through me and all of a sudden I started talking about this church is going to begin to birth things. And there was a woman sitting over here about right where you are and I've seen a big commotion. And I said, what's going on? So I didn't know until afterwards her baby wasn't due until two weeks later. The moment I said birthing, her water broke sitting in the chair and they had to drag her out and take her straight to the hospital and she gave birth to her son that afternoon. What made it so special to me though was as I thought about it. I said, it's August 25th. That's the same day my daughter was born. Right there, my daughter, right there. Raise your hand. <laughs> So, I've preached in all kinds of churches, big churches, medium-sized churches, and small churches. But there's a fourth category. Big, medium, small. There's a fourth category. Special churches. The ones that don't matter how big they are in numbers, but the power therein lies in that church to move mountains and to, and to break chains and to set people free. And I didn't come in here to hear cheers rise. I came in here to see chains fall. Can I get somebody in here to agree with me tonight? Hallelujah. Keep up the good work. I feel the Holy Ghost. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 10. I got to stay, remain, y'all, if I get off key here, pastor, just throw something at me, or just, first of all, what I want, this is what I want to do before I preach this, okay? Y'all good? Yeah. Are y'all okay? Yeah. Do I have your attention? Yeah. Okay, if not, I'm going to throw something at you. If I see you sleep, I'm going I'm to sling something at you. Some of y'all know me. <laughs> I'll do it. And I'll let you throw your shoes at me. Amen? That's happened before. We can't hardly run a lap in here, so if y'all get excited, just begin throwing your shoes. Amen? It's fine. There's something about honor. And I told Pastor Kyle this. The church has gotten pregnant because of intimacy. The intimacy within the house. The church has gotten pregnant. So it's birthed. The church is birthing honor. The church is birthing honor. And in turn, honor breeds unity. When we get to a place like Jesus said, when we begin to honor one another properly like he says we're supposed to do, when we do that, it brings forth such a unity in the house that all you got to do is open your mouth and speak and begin to point and the enemy has got to go. He's got to flee. He's got to get out of here. Can I get somebody that's amen? Y'all with me? So it breeds unity. And unity 
solidifies victory. Did you get it down, sir? Okay. <laughs> so we've been talking about David the last couple of weeks. And I got to hear a couple of messages. I even listened. Actually, Pastor, I even listened to the one online. And I listened to the whole thing. And it was good, sir. So David knew about honor. He understood honor. To honor. Now, as we get old, as we begin to grow in our walk with God, are you okay? Y'all hear me? I know I'm loud. As we begin to grow in God, we get to a place where we've overcome a lot of things. And most of those things that we have overcome are normally external things. Okay? And those are the things that we tackle first. Well, I ain't drinking no more. Well, I ain't smoking no more. Well, I ain't running women no more. Well, I ain't cussing no more. But when we get to a place, and I'm not saying that we get to perfection, but when we get to a place and we overcome those things, we begin to get bored. What's next? Well, then we start tackling those things that are deep on the inside of us and that are rooted. Nastiness of the spirit, arrogance, pride, all these sort of things. David was the same. Listen, David was a king. And he, he defeated a lot of external things, except for one that I'm sure Kyle's going to talk about next week. But he defeated all these, these external things. So then he got to a place of understanding what true honor was. Honor is to regard in high esteem. To receive people as they are. And David understood this. But the main thing that he understood is he understood that it was a kingdom principle. Say kingdom principle. It was a kingdom principle that not only would set the one free bestowing the honor, but would also free up the one that was be, the honor was being bestowed upon. Are you with me? So we understand that it's good character and integrity. And honor will test those things. Honor will test them. Can we honor someone with the understanding that I get nothing in return? Pastor Kyle, I honor you. I honor you for this church and what God has done through you. And I honor the people here. The, the, the praise and worship team, who some I know very well. But I honor all of you for what God is doing in this house. And the unification that's being brought forth within you. And I can't wait to see. The wall's going to have to come down. They're going to have to move over here. And I know it's going to happen. But David, a man after God's own heart, he even understood honoring his enemy. Well, I just can't do that, okay? Well, it just depends on how much of the portal of heaven you want to see open up and the blessings come down. Come on, y'all. I'm talking kingdom right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about? Because many of us want to go to heaven, but really God wants to get heaven to earth. And he wants to use you. He wants to use this church to be a portal of heaven. Let's read chapter 10, verse 1 through 5. Let me get this out of the way. It happened after this I can see it. Hallelujah. It happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon died. And Hanan, his son, 
reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness. In other words, I will show honor to Hanan, the son of Nahesh, his father, as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent by the hand of his servants to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the people of Ammon. See, okay, let me, let me start right there. David wants to honor this king who had died. Okay? So he sends his people over to Ammon to honor him. Verse 3, And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanan, their lord, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to you to search the city, to spy it out, to overthrow it? Therefore Hanan took David's servants, shaved off half their beards. I need you to understand, I read about that. That is a total dishonor, and it was in those times. A man's beard was his glory, amen? So they took and they shaved off half his beard. They cut off the garments in the middle at the buttocks and sent him away. They cut their pants. Everything that they did was to shame them, to humiliate them. Really, what we need to understand, it wasn't so much as that as it was to mock and make fun of a kingdom principle. What was David trying to do? David was trying to show honor. He was trying to show honor, which was a biblical principle. They turned around and mocked and ridiculed and made fun of the honor that he was trying to show. Are y'all with me? Now, David was a true leader after the heart of God and understood the kingdom and, his, and understood the way of the kingdom and how it works. You can know the ways of the Lord if you chase after the heart of God. Even Jesus had laid out, even Jesus had laid out a perfect, the perfect thing of how honor was to be bestowed in Matthew chapter 10, 40 through 42. Matthew chapter 10, 40 through 42. This is what it says. And he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives the one who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall no, by no means lose his reward. What Jesus was saying, you got to honor those who are above you, you got to honor those who are beside you, and you got to honor those who are beneath you. And I would say that it's pretty important if it was in red letters and Jesus said it. Can I get somebody in here to say, honor's important? But just like the enemy, the enemy will turn and try to distort the truth of what God is trying to do. There's something about honor, and we have to understand, that opens the portal of heaven and releases the blessings of God in our life. And David, what David was trying to do was continue for God to, his, the blessings of God to be released in his life. And the enemy came in and he distorted it. In Psalm 23, it talks about our soul being restored and our soul being renewed. And then it says, I'll set before you in the, in the presence of your enemies a table. And I'm here to tell you, that table's not set for us to stand there and say, look at me, look at what I got, look at how God blessed me. It's to say this, how, are you going to give enough honor to the one that sits before you who's your enemy so that the blessings of God will begin to open up in your life? I just need somebody in here to agree with me and say amen and hallelujah. I'm preaching okay, right? Okay, it's getting good. It's going to get good. Verse 3, the enemy will always try to pervert, pervert in our quest to obey kingdom law. David is doing what's right. 
He's living by the principles. Living by the principles of the kingdom. And the enemy comes in to try to nullify it. To make it of no effect. Your purpose is discovered by living kingdom principles. Your identity is discovered. There are way too many of us in this place today that have chosen to live a life set apart and have be zealous for the Lord. There's too many of us that have made a decision to do that. And the whole time the enemy comes in, he's trying to distort and he's trying to make fun of and he's trying to ridicule the decision that you have made. Will you follow that or will you follow what God says? I'm just here to challenge you today to understand and know that God has put this thing in you and you're supposed to follow it and you're supposed to bring honor regardless of the situation. Whatever comes against you, it don't matter. You got the King of Kings and you got the Lord of Lords. Can I get somebody to agree with me that I, if you have been through it because you made that decision? He's come against my family. He's come against my friends and he's tried to make me look silly on the outside. All the while, God just wants to bless me because I, I am bestowing honor. Can somebody in here say honor? Is this all right? Y'all all right? Am I too loud? All right. There's a vision for this house to bring heaven to earth. And that's done by thwarting kingdom principles. And God has spoken into existence and the unity of, of this, we have to understand that there's got to be a unity to this as God has called us to do His will in the earth. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 2 says, I will stand my watch and I will set myself in a high place so that I can see what He says. And though the enemy come in and try to distort every truth that comes my way, I'll stand my watch. It don't matter if he comes and tries to make me look silly. I'll stand my watch. Can I get somebody in here? Is somebody in here going to stand their watch? I'm going to preach it. So David, because he wants to bestow honor, and he gets nothing out of it. Come on, Kyle. He gets nothing out of it. But he wants to bestow honor on the new leader and Ammon. And the enemy comes in. And in the next verse after that, David hears what happened. And he tells him, listen, you guys wait over there in Jerusalem. <laughs> Wait over there where you at before you return to Jerusalem. Let your beards grow out. Such a man of honor that he sent the men over there and he said, they've been hurt. They've been made fools of. They've been dishonored. I'm going to give them a time to heal. Come on, y'all. I'm preaching real good. Because David honored them. Come on, y'all. David honored them enough to say, listen, you just stay right there. Because those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as eagles. They shall not grow weary. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Whoa, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You okay with this? So there's much to be said about honor. Much to be said about honor. Am I honoring the house right now? <laughs> Pee Wee, if you could open up that cap on that water, I'm going to need it in about two minutes. Just sling it on me. This is the rock concert. Just sling it up here. And I'll sling it out there on y'all. Amen. There's much to be said about identity. Identity. Verse 7 through 10. I keep forgetting I can see it. Y'all, I don't need no glasses. I've been healed, amen? 
There's healing in the house. Hallelujah. Now when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. Then the people of Ammon came out and put themselves up in battle array at the entrance of the gate. And the Syrians of Zobah, Beth, Rahab, Ishtab, and Makkah were by themselves in the field. When Joab saw that the battle line was against him, before and behind, listen, he chose. You can't choose unless you know. He chose some of Israel's best. Say Israel's best. And put them in battle array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he put under the command of Abishai. Abishai's a bad dude, y'all. I'm going to tell you right now. Abishai's a bad dude. His brother. And that he might set them in battle array against the people of Ammon. Okay. Much to be said about identity and purpose. Okay? Knowing who you are, knowing what you got, and knowing who we are in Christ. And I tell I say this, this, this passage everywhere I go, my favorite, Colossians 1, 1 through 3. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So if you want to know your life and what your life is full of and what you got, you got to first know Christ. And it's the honor, come on here, it's the honor that you bestow upon him that he will release your identity. But you have to honor him with everything that you are. Everything that you, you, you got to give everything to him. In order for you to know who you are, to know what you got. And it's imperative that you do so. Because what we're talking about here is corporate. We're not talking about individual. I know that everything happens individually, but eventually God wants to see it happen corporately. So we have to understand Identity. Each one has his own unique design. You are fearfully and you're wonderfully made. You're unique. And your makeup is so unique, it is made up for you to fulfill your call. But everybody's DNA is not the same. Your DNA is not the same as mine. But we get it from the same place. We get it from the same place. God has this on your life. Though we are different, our identity is found in the same place. We are united. If I'm in battle, we can't have an identity crisis. We are sons, we are daughters of the Most High God. We are heirs according to the promise. And because He is an overcomer, we too are an overcomer. Because He is more than a conqueror, we too are more than conquerors. Even in the struggle, it's always there. As soldiers of God, we cannot bury our head in the sand. We can't sit back and allow the enemy to twist and distort truth and dishonor what God wants us to honor. But it's all about the honor and the identity. There's something to be said about it. Some of us fight for our nation like veterans of war. Some of us fight for unborn children. Some of us fight for addiction. Some of us fight for salvation for loved ones. Some of us fight for people's healing. Some of us fight for the poor and the hungry. Some of us fight 
for different things that God has called you to do. Every one of us have a different calling, but it's all for the same purpose. Can I get somebody to say it's for the same purpose? We got to do what David did. We must set people in the proper order. What happened today? As soon as David heard this, he said, oh, no, 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 no. My name ain't going to be dishonored like that. My people ain't going to be dishonored like that. Oh, we're fixing to get us up a strategy, and I'm going to put the right people in the proper place, knowing what they're good at. And it says there, it says Israel's best, that best that he was talking about are the ones that was in the cave with David, the cave of Adullam. You know that cave? That is a place that either births you or a place that buries you. So these guys, he knew these guys were the best. He was with them. They, they went through thick and thin together. They were the best. David said, put them here. And he had two commanders. He said, you get your men together and you get your men together. Listen, we're going to take this. We're going to battle this enemy. I will not have the enemy coming up against what God, what get, coming up against the honor of God. Twisting and distorting the truth of what God has said. A principle that he has set forth in the earth by speaking it as law. Are y'all with me? We all have different battles, but we have to unite in the quest to defeat the battles. All our situations are different, but we fight as one united. And listen, at that time, it was a physical enemy. People are not your enemy. People are not your enemy. There's spirits working behind. I'm just spitting all over. It's, I see it. It's, it's flying everywhere. Are y'all getting it back there? Is it going back that far? I'm sorry. I'm serious. I can see it because of the lights. It's just flying all over the place. Give me that water. I need some of that water. Amen. Sorry about that. Did you get your glasses messed up? Thank you. All our situations are different, but we have to fight united. That's what this church is. God showed me. Listen, God showed me. This church understands that that it's okay because listen I was taught and I was taught wrong you know this we were taught wrong church is not a family this is what we were taught am I right pastor church is not a family it's an army well there's a half truth to that okay I'm not bitter I'm not angry but it does tick me off because it robs some years from me. You can be a family, but also be an army because you'll fight for the ones you love. There ain't a one of you in here that won't fight for your child. You'll fight for the one that's beside you. You'll do what the Lord says. I'll send out my fear before you and I'll push them out. So there's something to be said about honor. There's something to be said about your identity. You can't know what you got until you know who you are. And your identity will lead you into purpose. And some of you ain't discovered your purpose yet. Mainly because you might not know your identity. And if you are that person, I want to pray over you tonight. Identity. And people will steal your identity. Come on, y'all. People will steal your identity. And try to tell you who you, there ain't no but one person can tell you who you are. God. 
There's something about unity. Something about honor. Something about identity. But it's really something about unity. You okay? Is there anybody falling asleep? Because I got something to throw. Verse 11 through 14. Then he said, this is powerful to me. When you isolate, you're looking to be annihilated. Then he said, if the Syrians are too strong for me, and you shall help me. But if the people of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be of good courage and let us be strong for our people and the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is right in his sight. So Joab and the people who were here with him, who were there with him drew near for the battle against the Syrians and they fled before him. When the people of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fleeing, they also fled before Abishai and entered the city. So Joab returned from the people of Ammon and he went to Jerusalem. The enemy, the unity in God's people will cause division in the enemy and will cause him to flee. James 4, 7 says, submit ourselves to God and his purposes and the enemy has to flee. The fact of the matter is, we say this, we can do this at home. I can worship God at home. I can watch TV. But I'm here to tell you, there's something happened when there's something happens to us and happens to the person sitting next to us when we begin to come in here and we begin to corporately lift up the name of Jesus together. There's something that happens. There's something that's pulled out of you. There's something that's pulled out of me. And if I'm too weak, then you may be strong. And if you're too weak, then I may be strong. And I may be able to touch you in some way. And you may be able to touch me in some way. That's why the word says, forsake not the assembling together of the saints. We got to get together corporately and begin to unite and begin to run the enemy out of here. Especially when he's trying to, he's trying to, There's too many people that are hurt and angry and bitter and God and the enemy is trying to use it to distort your life. Unforgiveness. And when there's somebody next to you that loves you and they got your back, they can call you on the carpet and say, oh, no, 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 no. We got to get you in the battle with me. You got to get this thing together. There was a king, Jehoshaphat. And he knew his people, but he also honored God. And he honored what God said. And God said, this is a big battle for you, but I don't want you to put the army men up front. He said, no, 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 no. I want you to bring the praisers up front. Get the flag people up front. Get the people with the street. Get the people that can shout up front. I want you to get those folk up front. I want the praise team leading the whole thing. And in obedience to what God said, in unity, the enemy turned on himself. Did you hear me? The enemy turned on himself. When we begin to praise God together, when we begin to lift up the mighty name of Jesus, 
when we begin to worship him in spirit and in truth, if we will do that, you'll see the enemy flee. He's got to go. He'll even turn on himself and cause division in his own camp. I'm preaching real good. God, they don't throw money up here. They don't do that here. They don't do that. Oh, there's a shoe. There's one. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Here we go. I see another one coming. I'm going to dodge. In Joshua 3, you see Joshua, a man, the man that was a, a, he was a man of strategic military capabilities of war. God said, the walls of Jericho is going to come down. He said, it's not going to take much strategy on your part, although you are a military strategist. I just need you to get some people up front who can shout. And I ain't talking about just shout. I'm talking about shout from the Holy Ghost, from the in, inside man. And he said, I want you to walk around this city one time for six days. I'm sorry. Did I mess that up? On the seventh day, <laughs> on the seventh day, they had to march around it seven times, amen? And then he said on the last time around, he said, I want you to shout. Listen, it's not about the shout. It's about the obedience as a unified group. Come on, somebody. They had it all together, and somebody could have been fighting and said, well, I can shoot the bow and arrow. Well, I can do this, and I can do it. Listen, God said, no, 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 don't put none of them people up front. I'm going to win this. The battle is mine. It's not yours. Can somebody say amen in the house? So, listen. David knew his people and who they were. Then he said, go here, go there. And they were in unity. I believe there's a united spirit that's being released over this house tonight. It's already, I'm not saying it's not united, but there's something that's going to bring y'all together like you've never been. I believe that. In fact, I speak that. Somebody agree with me. Even the people that ain't here tonight, they're getting this word from home. It was the unification. But it goes back. To honor. It goes back to honor. David, a man after God's own heart, he showed God honor. He honored God with everything. And every time he messed up, you can read the book of Psalms. It's his journal. And he's, he's writing about it. But he always went back to God and repented and turned. But because he was that, he had a group of people that were united. They knew who they were. They knew their identity. They were unified. Let me read this last part, and I'm going to close. Kyle said, Thank the Lord.
verse 17, verse 15 through 19. Verse 15 through 19. 2 Samuel 10, 15 through 19. Oh, I'm sorry. Look, I just really messed up, and I'm sorry. I apologize to you. I honor y'all up there in the sound booth, by the way. When the Syrians saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered together. Then had it, had that, I, I can't listen. Pastor Kyle, do you have that book? Of, had that Zr sent and brought out the Syrians who were beyond the river and they came to Helam. And Shabak, the commander of Hadad-Zer's army went before them. When it was told David, David didn't put up with much, okay? He had honor for his people. He had honor for God's principles. He had honor for God's kingdom. Come on, y'all. He gathered all Israel, crossed over the Jordan, and came to Helam, and the Syrians set themselves in battle array against him, David, against David, and fought with him. Then the Syrians fled before Israel. He's, un, he's undriven them out one time. He drove them all out. Then the Syrians fled before Israel and David killed 700 charioteers. He's a bad dude. Charioteers and 40. How, how serious is he about God's, about God's principles? Amen. 40,000 uh, 40, horsemen of the Syrians and struck Shabak, the commander of their army, who died there. And when all the kings who were servants to Hadadziar saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel. Come on, somebody. They made peace with Israel and served them. So the Syrians were afraid to help the people of Ammon anymore. David was smart. There's a passage of Scripture in Luke 4.13 says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Because the enemy may sometimes look like he's fleeing. But if there's an opportune time, David, the man of honor, said no. Just like he did when he knocked Goliath down with a stone. He didn't let him go. He knew he had to get his sword and cut his head off. And I believe that there can be no more shame, no more ridicule, no more pain, no more defeat when we recognize together in a, as a united body, understanding our identity, the enemy has to flee. But don't let him come back. The Israelites had seen the example of David. They did. Is this okay, y'all? A man of honor. Man, it was he a man of honor. He created the culture of unity and identity that solidified victory. An enemy that tried to reproach the truth of God's word and his kingdom. And I want you to Examine your own heart. Where am I not united with this group? And what do I need to do to get in line? It's all about alignment. Come out of agreement 
with the lies from the enemy into alignment with the word that's been spoken over you. Stand with me this evening. I want to pray for you corporately. Can I pray for them corporately? Lift up your hands, every hand lifted up in this place. Hallelujah. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak unity in this body. I speak honor in this man as he honors God. that you guide the righteous anger in him when there's a reproach brought onto the kingdom. Not an anger that causes him to sin, but an anger that stirs his heart to fortify the troops and defeat the enemy. I speak open heavens over this place and as this group unites may it be the portal of heaven that God has already said it was Father I pray that you send apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers to fulfill that for the edification of the body for the purposes of the kingdom Father I pray that you will instill in each person in here a spirit of honor Honor for you first and honor for one another. So, Father, we love you. We honor you. And it's my prayer this night, Lord, that everyone that leaves this place knows that they've been with you. And I pray all this in the power of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Give the Lord a hand for the word this evening.